makes you such a threat. We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Joshua. Greetings and good day and welcome, you relatives. I give you my hands with good feelings in my heart, and it's good for all of us to be here. Since 1992, this is First Voices Radio, and Tiokas and Ghost are sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, or what Americans and Dutch call the Catskill Mountains. Regardless, it is the highlands of the Esopus in the lands of the Muncie-speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced, the First Voices Radio, and Liz Hill is the producer of First Voices Radio. You can now hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprouts, Spotify, as well as First Voices, IndigenousRadio.org for archive, downloading, and listening. First Voices Radio's theme song is Tahi by Moana and the Moa Hunters out of New Zealand. Well, today on First Voices Radio, Will Falk and Max Wilbert launch an occupation of a proposed lithium mine at Thacker Pass in northern Nevada in January 2021. We'll be talking with one of those who first camped in the cold desert of Nevada, Will Falk, who is a writer, lawyer, environmental activist, and graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison Law School as a public defender in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He left the public defender office to pursue frontline environmental activism. Will has been involved with the Unistotin Camp, an indigenous cultural center and pipeline blockade on unceded Wet'suwet'en territory in so-called British Columbia, Canada, to a construction blockade on Mauna Kea in Hawaii and endangered pinyon juniper forest in the Great Basin. Will lives in Castle Rock, Colorado. And we caught up with Will Will Falk on High Desert. And we're talking about Thacker Pass, Operation Occupation. For the listeners out there, just for today, I'm talking to Will Falk, who is just, who's a writer, a poet now, lawyer and environmental activist. And I'm not too sure about whether I can say you're envi- environmental activist. It's, have you become part of the land? Is it really, is it the land that's making you an, an activist or are you making the land environmental? So, yeah. th- so that that land is speaking through you, 
and you're speaking for it is what we can describe in English. Thank you for listening to the land for the native people who live there. But would you tell us a little bit about Thacker Pass so those folks who aren't much informed about what's happening and the, the main subject, the topic would be lithium and you know the legalities that you speak within when you, you're representing Thacker Pass and the Paiute Nation in a sense, the land. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to to speak about Thacker Pass and about the campaign and to keep people updated about what's going on. Um, I'll start out with a little description of Thacker Pass um, or uh, what uh, a place that is named Pahimaha in in the local Paiute dialect. Um, Thacker Pass or Pahimaha is a beautiful mountain pass in northern Nevada. Uh, it's about uh, 70 miles um, west of Winnemucca, Nevada. It's up near the Oregon border. And unfortunately, uh, beneath Thacker Pass is one of the largest um, re- reserves, known reserves of lithium in, in the world, in fact, and, and especially in the United States. And um, as the demand for lithium for things like electric car batteries is starting to ramp up, uh, Pihimaha is a place that is, um, is on the chopping block. Uh, on January 15th, 2021, the Bureau of Land Management issued their final record of decision um, granting permits to a Canadian mining corporation. Um, the parent company is Lithium Americas, but the American um, subsidiary is called Lithium Nevada. So when I speak about the corporation, I'll say Lithium Nevada. Um, Lithium Nevada wants to put a uh, massive 1,100-acre open pit mine uh, on, on Thacker Pass, on Pahimaha, um, this open pit would uh, be 400 feet deep, and uh, it would also disturb about 4,000 other acres around around the area. It's a it's a massive, massive mine. The land, uh, it, the land herself is is what's known as sagebrush steppe, and there a lot of people don't know this about sagebrush, but. Um, there can be old growth sagebrush, just like there is old growth forests, and a sagebrush that is is four or five feet tall, like like much of the sagebrush in in Pahimaha, um, is in fact 125, 150 years old. Um, so this is a very ancient um, um, sagebrush step that that they're proposing to to destroy. The um, the 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 animals that live there include the highly endangered greater sage grouse, um, which is, is sacred to the region's indigenous peoples. Um, there are golden eagle nests that um, are around um, the region, around the, the mine site. Um, there are all kinds of other animals, including pronghorn antelope, who depend upon sagebrush to eat. They, they only eat sagebrush, in fact. Um, there are mule deer, there are rattlesnakes, there are foxes and badgers and coyotes. Um, there are these really adorable little kangaroo rats that um, you can see all over the place at night in, in Thacker Pass. Um, 
and um, that that place is is set to be destroyed by this mine. Um, so yeah, in January of 2021, my um, dear friend Max Wilbert and I decided we wanted to try and stop the mine. And we thought the best way to go about doing that was to establish a protest camp um, there and try to raise awareness about what was happening and to also educate the, the broader public about what things like lithium mining really entail. Um, this is a process that's being touted as something that's going to save the world, save the planet from climate change. Um, and yet it requires massive amounts of destruction um, and we wanted to, to ask people um, if, if that really is going to save the planet, if destroying, if destroying what's left of the natural world is the way to save the natural world. Um, we, we camped up there for, um, for most of last year. Uh, and through that process, we, we um, got in touch with, with many um, native folks, um, including um, a, a woman um, named Mashawn Eben, who is the Tribal Historic Preservation Officer for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony. Um, she is someone that's, uh, for the last 17 or 18 years, fought very hard to protect, especially Paiute, Shoshone, and Washoe cultural resources um, from big destructive projects like the Thacker Pass Mine. Um, Pihimaha is home to over 1,000 cultural resource sites. It's, that is a, a massive amount for a project area. And a cultural resource site um, is defined as a certain amount of artifacts created by um, Native American ancestors. Uh, it is also home to, according to the Bureau of Land Management, we actually think there are more than this, but according to the Bureau of Land Management, there are 58 historic properties um, which come with certain consultation uh, obligations for the agency. Um, these, these, the definition, the legal definition of historic property can include Native American sacred sites and, and what the government calls traditional cultural properties. Um, uh, in in Pahimaha, in fact, um, the name itself uh, yields evidence of of one of those sacred sites. Uh, Pihimaha in Paiute means rotten moon, and um, Thacker Pass is shaped like a crescent moon when you're when you're looking out across the land. And uh, there is a, a story in 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 the Paiute oral tradition um, where. Uh, hunters who, who had been living in Pahimaha had gone off to another valley to go hunting. And when they came back, they found their whole village um, massacred with their uh, relatives' um, uh, intestines actually strung across the sagebrush. And that created a very rotten smell. So it was named Pahimaha, Rotten Moon. Um, but there's also uh, records in the Bureau of Land Management's own, own uh, records, what are called the General Land Office Records, which is a body of documentation that was prepared by American surveyors of the, as, as the America invaded lands across the continent. Um, 
they of course kept records of what was there and in in that in that body of documentation there was mention of a September 12 1865 massacre of Paiute people um, by federal soldiers in the first Nevada cavalry uh, there um, there are many contemporary newspaper accounts describing this massacre um, but what happened was during the Snake War, which was a war that was primarily uh, catalyzed by um, miners encroaching on native land, um, these these soldiers who had um, volunteered to go fight in the Civil War, and after the Civil War ended in April 1865, they were um, frustrated that they had not been able to fight, so they thought the best thing they could do was surprise attack this camp of Paiutes, and they killed between 30 and 70 Paiute people, um, which means, of course, that um, that is the final resting place of, of 30 to 70 Paiute people. And um, and when, when the soldiers, uh, after they committed this atrocity, they did not go back and bury the, um, the people that they had murdered. So um, that also means that in a very real sense, the, the bodies and the blood and, 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 and the materials that make up the human body, their, their actual bodies are a part of Pahimaha, are a part of Thacker Pass. The government did not report this massacre. Um, they, they may have not found the, the documents um, or they may have hid that they had found the documents and didn't want to create the, um, the controversy that this would entail. Um, but um, from, from uh, my perspective and from uh, my clients, the Reno Sparks Indian Colony's perspective, who, who I represent in a lawsuit, um, um, against the Bureau of Land Management for permitting this mine without going through the proper consultation processes with, with the tribes in the region. Um, from our perspective, um, this is just another attempt to destroy the evidence of the atrocities that the American government um, has perpetrated on Native peoples. Um, it's also very interesting to me that these these were people in 1865 resisting um, the expansion of mining on their lands and here we are in, in 2022 um, still fighting that same exact battle. Um, so um, in, I think the last time we spoke was July of last year and I was just on the verge of filing the opening documents um, to get going in that case. Um, we, we have been largely unsuccessful at stopping, um, at stopping the, the permits and, um, stopping one of the very first steps that, um, mining corporations have to take with these projects. And that is archeological digs. Um, I think your listeners may be interested to know that one of the first things that mining corporations do, especially on these big projects, um, are, are they have to go out and, and survey the land for artifacts. Um, there's not really one square acre of land in the United States and especially on in the West where there's less development that isn't covered in, in artifacts created by Native Americans. So obviously if people have been here for for millennia or for time immemorial, there is a lot of evidence of, of those people here. Um, so we, the first thing we did was try to um, try to stop those archaeological digs through what's called a preliminary injunction. 
Um, and we lost that because the judge felt like it wasn't, um, we couldn't prove sufficient enough harm uh, to the Reno Sparks Indian Colony and its members um, for, for placing a, a mine on top of a massacre site. Um, so uh, we, we, we have continued to litigate the case. There has been um, you know, a number of things that, that have come out of this case. Um, for example, the, um, the agency, the Bureau of Land Management, um, um, it appears that, well, we know that they fast-tracked this, this project under a Trump-era secretarial order. Um, so uh, this very complex project, the Trump-era ordered the local BLM office to um, permit the, pr the project in less than a year. Um, most projects of this complexity would take four or five years to permit, which um, th the significance for, for tribal folks is that um, that would be time that they would have to really review all the cultural resource documents, really give their views to the agency, um, and at least try to persuade the agency to maybe put the mine somewhere else or to handle artifacts differently than they are. Um, Despite the Bureau of Land Management reporting to the public and all the official documents that they had consulted um, with the Fort McDermott tribe, um, the Winnemucca Indian Colony, and the Summit Lake Paiute tribe, um, all three of those tribes, um, once they found out about this project after the permits had issued, wrote letters to the Bureau of Land Management and said, you never talked to us. Why are you telling the American public that you did? Um, despite this, the judge keeps telling us that it's too late um, and um, that uh, there's, there's not much we can do. Uh, we are um, getting to the very end of the case. The, the last thing in a case like this um, is called a, a motion for summary judgment. Um, there's not a traditional trial in administrative review cases. So this is this um, this phase is kind of the culmination. We will have a uh, a hearing um, that will be scheduled for the, the federal courthouse in Reno, um, probably at the end of August, maybe in September, depending on the judge's schedule. And a ruling will be issued sometime later this fall um, about whether. Um, the, the permits for this mine should be revoked or not. That's in a nutshell, right? That's what's <laughs> been going on. Yeah. I, I know that you've been to other places as an activist. Uh, you working with Native people for these many years, do you find, because what, what my job is to help bring the difference in thinking processes, Will, and what I'm thinking, is there that difference there? And how can somehow we could get that closer together um, because we can measure all we want, way cost effective, but when it comes down to the reality of it, why the Paiute, the um, Shoshone, and Washoe, Washoe, yeah, the, the why they are still in place, and the calling that's going on, as we say, time immemorial or before time was invented, you know, this is what I'm trying to look at. How can we tell people that yes, Will is doing his job, he's doing his responsibility. Um, it's not that we have a right to earth, but we have a responsibility and obligation to earth. And that's what I'm seeing out of young people such as yourself. It doesn't matter where we come from, as long as they see that light and they're able to, you know, see it more clear, the more that you spend time on the land for this 
two years or so when I first met you all is um, that's what I felt like. They're crazy young people. They're out there, but they're still there. And it makes sense to, to, to Native people. If I could tie that and maybe give it back to you and get your final comments on that, I think we'll go, we'll go from there and take your information and really understand how far it's come. Like this system is so slow in its pr- process. So your thoughts on that, Will? Yeah, one of the first ways that I, I really uh, understood, um, I, well, I think the question that you're asking is um, through the through the writing and thinking of a of a great um, lawyer and um, professor, Vine Deloria Jr., uh, a Sioux um, um, Lakota thinker, um, and he he. Uh, has a quote, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he says something like, the primary difference between a Western and indigenous worldview is that Westerners view the world as full of objects for their use. And and indigenous peoples um, often view the world as full of of, um, kin and and other friends and and family that can be entered into a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And when you see the world as full of your kin... Um, it makes it much harder to to destroy your kin. Um, whereas if you if you see as as the Western worldview teaches um, a world full of objects or just material, um, then it's a lot easier to destroy those things. And um, the the American legal system, the global economy, even is rooted in this notion that the natural world is only full of objects um, that exist for human use and. I think that um, when you define something as an object, something to use, it's only a matter of time before you use those quote unquote things up. Um, and I think that's that's really at the heart of, of the problems that we're facing right now. Um, um, but I think, I guess one of the ways that I got to, um, to the place where, where I really feel compelled to act as, as strongly as I can in defense of the natural world is just quite simply, the natural world gives me life. Um, and I would like to, to live my life trying to give as much of the natural world her life as I can or protect her life as much as I can. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that we're really going to have to get back to. People are going to, who don't understand these, these concepts are going to have to learn how to fall in love with the natural world and then defend their beloved, um, because she is under attack almost everywhere. Yeah. Well spoken. Um, we're out of time and... (laughs) Thank you again, Will Falk, for being there on the land and say hello to, to Max uh, when, you, when you see him. And we'll try to keep up with you, but you must keep us on, on your hot list to say, I need to get this news change update to Teokasen and Liz. But thank you. It's just an honor to have you here, young man. And thank you for, for being there and sun shine you and guide you the rest of your time out there. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Where can we get a hold of you or what information can we find? Yeah, we um, we keep uh, kind of the happenings of the campaign up to date at a website called Protect Thacker Pass. Thacker is spelled T-H-A-C-K-E-R. 
Uh, we are on Facebook. Um, I believe we're on Instagram. Um, and that can be a good place to see the, the latest happenings um, and, and look for opportunities to act if, if there's call outs for that kind of thing, too. Some see through the eyes of poetry. You're a poet. And maybe some people would want to go that route rather than the informational route. Maybe they want to go through the heart. Can we get to your site? Thank you very much for asking that. Um, I, I do have a website where I, I publish some of my poetry. It's uh, willfalk.org, W-I-L-L-F-A-L-K.org. I'm also on Facebook, and I, I post my poems almost always right to Facebook, W-I-L-L-F-A-L-K. Um, and, yeah, thank you for that. Poetry gives us a, maybe a little different uh, language in which to express some of these concepts. Um, yeah. and, and that's why I love it so much. That's right. And you know, the, the, the etymology of poet or poetry or poem is to make something sacred. Be well. Thank you very much. Take care you of yourself. And... Please stop listening to 
Thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. My name is Teoks and Ghost Horse. Yes, and, uh, you know, I'm looking outside, and we have this storm coming, and, wow, Mama Earth is always speaking, you know. But right here, right now, this this uh, second half hour, we're going to listen to some music that I've selected, um, mainly because I was thinking ahead that this, this storm, you know, maybe we need some music to get us through it so that we can see it, because... Radio is indeed, after it's all shut off, that you can wind up your old AM, FM radio. Your computers are shut down, electricity's out. You still can have a radio, battery-powered, and listen to radio. And thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Besides, I want to say the Mother Earth was, right before the break, was Carlien. It's a single that was released in 2019. Come back and listen to our music. Fall. 
if I'm not a part of this world For all of its representative are so secretive For so far, there's very little love and abundance of hatred And is this legacy I leave for my children? Shut up, 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 shut up
should have known this couldn't last forever. Uh, they should have known this cannot last so long. And yes, they should have known when we go murder our mother.
All right, all right. As we bed this little thought as we go out here with First Voices Radio, I want to introduce what we just played. I want to say Pride of Man was the beginning of that quick silver messenger service. That was the first song that we, we heard there about, you know, things coming down because we view things from Babylon from way back. And know that history, folks. The second song was Revolution with S-O-J-A with Soja, which is from the album Peace in Time of War. The third song, the hot toward one, was Bobo's Groove. Tom Principato with Raising the, Raising the Roof. Yeah, and then the last song we heard was Mother Earth by Soja, Peace in Time of War. And we're betting this one with Through the Eyes of Love by Walter Trout and the Radicals from the Notaten Blues Festival. Now, I have like seven minutes before I go out of here, and I want to say something that's been, and that will be addressed here soon on First Voices Radio. We're talking about, next week we're going to talk about American detox. Some of you call it decolonization. Some of you call it, uh, you know, collective or has that critical race theory. Some of you don't want to hear it because we can't, understand what prehistory is so we talk about history and we delegate relegate those natives indigenous peoples to prehistory so as an indigenous person <laughs> that's where i come from is the prehistory and your history started when you got here 1492 and those of you who who uh actually got here after that too yet indigenous peoples are still in the western hemisphere because this is our home this is where we come from and i think if we understand a little differently is that what happens, what happens, you know, if I say life after capitalism, that's what happened to us. Life after capitalism as indigenous peoples, look what we are enduring. Life after domination, that's what we are enduring. During. Life after the apocalypse, that's what's going on now, the, the revealing of truth. That's what we are enduring and welcoming and soon there will be life during no agenda and things will be returning as they were prehistory because this society this economy is dealing with resource-based economy right it's resource-based not source-based it's resource-based where it continues to extract and Part of that cleaning out or purification, if that's what it is, without any biblical connotations or redemption or anything like that that's been trained and ingrained and put into you through education, religion, and science and government. <clears throat> so I wanted to read a little bit, a small snip from next week. Next week when we um, interview this person, this author, Carrie Kelly from American Detox. And it's, yes, I'm just going to read. So it gives you an idea what we're going to talk about next week. And I think about that in terms, this is a quote. And I think about that in terms of collective transition, because particularly in a white supremacist culture, there is such a need for certainty, a need for perfection, a need to plan and know and guarantee. I don't think we can. I think it's inherently impossible to know exactly where we are going to end up. 
What I know and trust is that we individually and collectively have what we need in order to begin to move forward what can be in us and in generations to come. We can nurture the tools that we need going forward. We can start something without having the exact answers because we can trust one another to build as we go. This isn't, these are indigenous peoples. And as a woodworker and artisan, there are two ways that I've been seeing people approach building. One way is that they plan to the T every single step. And that's great when it works. But if one little thing doesn't go as planned, often things fall apart. The other way is through intuition, paired with some skill, where they feel into the process of making something. This second way is outside the dominant culture's comfort zone, but there are lots of us who come from cultures where we're leaning into something and intuitively building as we go is the way that it's always been. The need to know and vet the destination before beginning feels rooted in the small self and ego as opposed to asking, are we and I, am, and am I worth the effort of trying? We need to lay a groundwork of faith into, in, on, in one another and a collective responsibility that we don't need to design an end to product. We, are, we just need to begin where we are with what we have and trust what we need next will come as we're doing the work. And that's putting us into the present mind. And again, now, I'm looking forward to talking about life after capitalism, life after domination, life after the apocalypse, which is going on now, and life during the no agenda, where all these plans that were laid by capitalism, by domination, by anything that's religious, dogmatic, are non-applicable to the earth, because earth has had enough and you can tell she's had enough this is no superstitious or you know stabbing in the dark or reaching for anything this is because of the experience as indigenous peoples in the western hemisphere that maybe you will soon dismiss altogether because it doesn't fit the dichotomy of right and wrong the dichotomy of a beginning and ending in time or the dichotomy of a superior and inferior. So with that, I just want to sign off right now and tell you, thank you. I say these things not to hurt anybody, but I say these things because I want Earth to live. And as a song that I played previously, Mother Earth by Soja said, fall in love with Earth again because apparently we're not treating our mother very well. So thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. My name is Teokas and Ghost Horse, and we'll see you and hear you next week and look forward to that interview with Carrie Kelly with American Detox. So long. Yes.
Lover, don't you come down Without a sword or a gun For the gold and the silver you're searching Is hidden out there on the ground But there's a beast on the cloak Guarding against the foe And the ghost from the river is watching She won't let you get any close It was just an American dream It was just an American Heaven 